Hi, I'm Ron Gilbert, and welcome to the Thimbleweed Park Weekly Stand-Up Meeting Podcast. And this week, I am joined by David Fox. Hey there. Hey, Gary Wenick. Hello. And special surprise guest, Mark Ferrari. Hello! You know, there's a lot of people that don't believe you're real, Mark. Yeah. It's really me! They just, uh, they, they, they think we've made you up as some artist that you're not actually a real person. Why would I ever think that? Yeah, the, the best joke by far is that Ron has been doing your work for you. I wish I could do art that good. I was going to say, that is funny. <laughs> it is, actually. So, yeah, it's been a, bit, been a long time, Mark. I mean, I think you know, Monkey Island was the last time that we worked together. Yeah, I think so. Maybe a little bit on Indiana Jones and the Lost Secret of Atlantis, if you were still around. Were no, you? I, didn't, I didn't work on that. Okay, then, yeah, Monkey Island. Wow. Monkey Island EGA. Yeah, I know, I know. The true version. The only real version of Monkey Island. version. The EGA version, right? All right, so let's uh, go through and let's talk about uh, what we did uh, last week and what we're going to do next week. And we'll start with David. Okay, so I finished my first Dialogue Tree puzzle. They're, they're hard. I, I, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I kind of overdid the first half. Well, the second half was a lot more straightforward because I, I pulled back and I think that at that level, they aren't going to be so impossible. Also, we're doing some debug work on getting the game to boot up and have different scenarios that you could set up to make it easier to test. I worked on plopping in some new wireframes from Mark for uh, the streets in Thimbleweed Park, uh, the main street and so on. Um, fun, fun thing was to start doing some flashback rooms. Mark had a couple of rooms that I took. One was the in the Circus Circus, where I made a version of how they would look in the flashback, and another version how they look now. That will be fun to kind of see the same room, but in a totally different state. Uh, can I actually trigger a flashback in the build that I got today, or not? You can, if yes, well, not a flashback, but you can just jump into one of the other rooms. There, there's an FB at the end of the name of the room. Okay. So for uh, you to see, like. Big top FB. Okay, I mean, I clicked on something called Void and it crashed the system, so I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't go to the Void. Don't, oh, you'll never well, come back. Yeah, right? don't, don't go to the Void. Okay, it's on the list of rooms, but okay. <laughs> Th- thanks for the, the heads up, guys. Well, the Void, it's a special room that we can send actors if we just want them to be out of the game. Or if we want to punish them. Um, I also started to add a bunch more of the characters using just the single frame facing version that we have so that we can actually even though they aren't going to animate at least we can see what they look like and it'll be like a paper cutout that just slides around the environment but at least you can talk to them and give them stuff and do things like so with those in place we can just start wiring more interactions up yeah i kind of like the the sliding around characters it's, I, I, it's got I a think, weird charm to it yeah i think we should just leave that yeah we don't need animation we, don't, Gary, we just need a back facing and a side facing but you know we don't need or maybe walking. we can have one that slides around that's, you know, trapped in some sort of a time warp or something. I'm not sure. What <laughs> well, we is. don't even need a side, right? Because it's a, it's a little South Parky, right? To just have the <laughs> the front facing on them. Like that uh, cartoon character, Flat Stanley or whatever his name is. Yeah, he can just show up in our game because why not? He's shown up everywhere else. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about, but okay. So next, so next week, I'm going to continue with the characters, and I'm going to start working on a pretty large puzzle that gets triggered near, you know, partway through the game, where I think we have like five different actors involved, a combination of non-player characters and three 
three characters that you control, um, and that should be fun. This is the the puzzle that requires three characters to solve it. Yeah, the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fun puzzle. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, if you're done, are you done, David? I am done. Okay, I will go next then. Uh, last week I did uh, mostly a lot of dialogue stuff, uh, fixing bugs for David that came up and uh, working a little bit with Malcolm on um, the walkbox stuff. He's going to completely redo the walkbox code. Uh, so I so uh, I spent some time working with him, getting him up to speed on that. Uh, a lot of time in dialogues. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, as David was saying, what's what's the right complexity for the dialogues? Because on one level, you can do, you know, these very, very deep, complicated dialogues. And, you know, on another, you can do these kind of more simpler ones. And given the time constraints and everything else, I'm trying to figure out a good balance for that. So I wrote a dialogue uh, last week um, about this guy standing on the street corner dressed up as a big pizza. You know, that's a very, very simple one. I wanted to see what would happen if the dialogues were just super, super simple. And so I kind of created that one. And actually, you know, feels pretty good. So I'm pretty happy with that. And then the other issue with dialogues that I've been kind of wrestling with is that it's the issue of transference of information. So if you're Detective Ray and you go to talk to somebody and then you switch to Detective Reyes and then he goes and talks to that same person is it like he's never talked to the person before or is there some transference of information you know magically between ray and reyes because the player knows the information so i think it's a little bit monotonous to have to go through all of that information again in a dialogue just because that one character hasn't seen it yet so i'm just trying to figure out a good balance um, for how that stuff works and then next week i'm going to be in germany at gamescom so are you finding out that when you um are working on this system does it feel like you're reinventing the wheel and like recreating a whole bunch of stuff that you did before or are you adding a whole bunch of features that never existed in the um you know gaming systems that you've done done before like scum well scum all the dialogues in the scum system were all brute forced we we really programmed them all and so you know the difference between this system and what happened in scum is you know we have the the yak file format which I think allows the dialogues to be much quicker to write them because they're in this very simple little scripting language. So that part of it is very different. But I think the creative problems are similar. But, you know, the problem that we didn't have on Monkey Island was we only had one character. It was just, it was just Guybrush. So we didn't have the switching of the characters to deal with. You know, I, th I think we were a little naive as well. So we just kind of created a lot of very, very large dialogues because we didn't really know any better. And so here I'm just I'm just trying to th kind of think through this a little bit more. OK, uh, let's go to Mark. Well, I have been doing wireframes of Main Street, A Street and P Street and getting ready, getting things laid out and nailed down so that I can move on to doing final art for those things, which is what I will start doing next week. These are big streets with lots of buildings, so they're going to be kind of super uber backgrounds. I expect that will occupy my time for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think those backgrounds count as like three backgrounds each. At least. Yeah, but since Mark can draw a background in like, you know, less than a day, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. You know, the level of detail is just not that big a deal to Mark. Right, right. I see that we're dealing in hardcore truth here. <laughs> That's good. Well, being as you don't exist, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, since I don't exist, I guess the rest is up for grabs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Some people were asking on the blog how long it takes you to do a typical room. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? First of all, I think you'd have a hard time defining the term typical room. 
to do a wireframe, I think probably the fastest I've ever done any room was one day, but most of them seem to take two. And uh, when it gets into the color work, so far it's two or three days. It depends on how many of those individual pixels I have to place by hand. And also, I mean, people don't realize that it's not just a question of you being told what to draw, and then you sit down and draw it. Uh, my mind is as blank as anybody else's at first as to what these things look like. You know, I'm, I'm told to do the doggy diner. I have no idea. Uh, by the way, there's no doggy diner in the game. I just made that up. I don't want to alarm people. We're, 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 we're often telling you to draw rooms that don't actually exist in the game. Right. right. Just, just, just for fun, you know. And this <laughs> is where I'm finding that out, folks. <laughs> That's exciting. But um, when, I, when I'm given a room to draw, oftentimes I have no more idea than anybody else about specifically what it looks like or what the architectural style is or what specific things are in it. And so I begin trying things, sketching things. Uh, people would be surprised to know how much time I just spend thinking about what should be in the, the room and how it should look. And oftentimes the first few things I try aren't very good. So I have to keep trying until I've got the right direction. So there's a lot more to it than... And one might imagine if one thinks that I just sort of sit down and begin drawing lines and pretty soon there's a room there. It's a couple of days of work oftentimes to draw a room. Yeah, or programming, yeah. programming, how hard could it be? It's not. Yeah, ones and zeros. I mean, you've yeah. only got two numbers to keep track of. How hard <laughs> can that be? Well, so I guess the Monkey Island art was easier because you only had 16 colors. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's easier to draw the world when you only have 16 colors and horrible ones at that. So how are you finding doing the art for Thimbleweed versus the art that you did on Monkey Island? You know, uh, they're both fun. They're fun in different ways. The 16 colors for Monkey Island was both a constant frustration because, you know, once you figured out how things ought to look, then you figured out that you didn't begin to have the colors to draw them that way. But at the same time, the puzzle aspect of figuring out how to take these 16 colors and come up with the best possible image was actually a good part of the fun. This process, I mean, as everybody knows, I am using the pencil tool in Photoshop now, and I am much more concerned about figuring out what the best colors are for things and then making them that color. Uh, I'm more concerned about that at, on this project than I am about making sure that I'm not using more than 256 in the scene. So I don't have the limitations that I had the first time, and therefore the puzzle solving is different. At the same time, I'm having an awful lot of fun figuring out how to draw things in pixels rather than, you know, I mean, real visible pixels, uh, rather than the kind of 32-bit infinite flow that I have, I and everybody else has grown used to working in uh, in the years since the old days. Trying to figure out how to draw, you know, a face or a chandelier in three pixels is still a puzzle-solving uh, affair that is both entertaining and frustrating in that regard. Yeah, but but that three pixel pixel face, I I don't think he looks happy enough. You know, Did you make yeah, him look I know. happier. I'm looking for a happier pixel. I'm sure I have one in my palette here somewhere. Happy <laughs> pixel. As soon as I find it, you can bet I'll be making a lot of use of it. Glad you guys are liking it, and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing enough variety of finished art to really get a sense of of how this is looking right now. It's just these few rooms. And of course, they're all at the same time of day. I'm really looking forward to doing the noon time rooms. Yeah, yeah, we're, you're going to have to redo every single room at probably <laughs> eight times during the day. Yeah, yeah, right, Ron. We have the budget for that. <laughs> yep. All right, Gary. Uh, okay, so 
I've continued to work on um, a little bit on icons, but mainly focusing on characters now in terms of getting the characters to look like they actually do belong in the world. One of the things that you know we did in the wireframe characters, as, as David was saying, is just sort of these cardboard cutout things that you can just slide around. So now we're having to like take them to the next level, which is what are they actually going to look like standing in Mark's rooms and are they going to be convincing you know, relative to this game? So the first thing I've been doing right now is taking characters and drawing them in their standing poses and also drawing them in their standing poses so they're not the stiff thing but they have some ponderation to the character, you know, the hips angle one way or whatever. So they are starting to look more like, they're still in the same resolution, they're still keeping them sort of blocky and still keeping them sort of with the same aesthetic of everything else that we're doing, but we are doing something that, um, you know, uh, approximate much more of a kind of a living character for the game. Uh, one thing I will tell you is no matter what pose or what way I draw Ransom, he 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 still looks like a dick, if you know what I mean. So, so in, in fact, the more rendered Ransom, which I'll, I'll you know show the rest of you guys soon, Ron's seen it, he definitely looks like, like an a-hole. So um, I think I'm accomplishing what I need to accomplish with Ransom. The other characters are, are not quite as... Um, uh, annoying as he is so we'll see where that all goes so that's been the main thing I've been working on is sort of doing and there's sort of two pieces to that there's sort of the pose uh, and having a more natural pose and then there's sort of the rendering of the colors the heads and the larger heads that we design tend to work pretty well and we're going to sort of stay with that aesthetic but um, and there's probably not a lot more rendering that's going on on those heads although we're tilting heads a little bit or turning heads a little bit it's amazing how much different and how much more I'm going to use the word natural something looks when you sort of tilt it a little bit so it's not straight on. So that's all coming along and that's sort of what I'm going to concentrate on when Ron's off in Germany so we can all basically screw around and play for a week. Excellent. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, we will have you back again, Mark. Oh, you think so, huh? We'll, we'll trot out some other actor or whatever to play. Exactly. That. I'll, I'll grab somebody off the street. You can find say, Here's Mark Ferrari. All right. We'll see you guys later.